You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> this is the Next Level Podcast, a place for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and dreamers to be empowered for an abundant kingdom life. Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody. This is Michael McIntyre, your humble host for the Next Level Podcast. And I am excited as usual because I've got two muy bonito ladies here today. Really beautiful uh, ladies here from Mexico and they are amazing. I've got a mother and daughter uh, and they actually look like sisters. They're so gorgeous. Anyways, uh, I just want to say welcome Bethel Orphanage. Welcome Sandra and Anna. Thank you so much for being here today. And uh, I think you guys are brought, we're broadcasting right now from Mexico. Is that right? Are you guys in, in at the orphanage? Yep, we are on site at the orphanage. That's awesome. Well, look, I've known you two for a while. Uh, I, I got to meet you guys, I guess it's probably about five or six, maybe seven years ago. Stacy and I, with Upper Room, went out to the orphanage uh, in Mexico. And Anna, you picked us up. I think uh, you picked us up at the airport. And, uh, the first thing I really enjoyed about you that that you are a conservative Republican, <laughs> <laughs> and we we and we and we started really talking about politics, and and I was amazed at how well versed you were in all politics. And then uh, it was you and I and uh, Larissa, and you drove us to uh, over the border into Mexico, over to the orphanage, and. Uh, Stacy and I, and, and then we had a whole big group of us too from the church there. And we spent three days, I think, over there and just fell in love with everybody and had such a great time. And so since then, then we met your mother, Sandra, which, uh, Sandra, you were amazing. And um, it's just what you all did, did for us was incredible because Stacy and I got to witness true giving uh, and you, you two supporting and your mother supporting uh, the, the hands and feet of Jesus in Mexico. So I want to have our listeners, I want, you know, because I know we have a lot of listeners on here that have a heart for orphanage, orphanages, and uh, especially for children who are maybe were abused or sex trafficked and, and what you guys do for these children. I want you to give a history of this orphanage because it goes back like 40 years. It's crazy. And uh, what you guys have been through and how this, how uh, your mother founded this and uh, this now th three generations of these powerful, strong women have maintained this Bethel orphanage and, and what, what's your mission in this. So uh, uh, Sandra, I'll, I'll start out with you. So, uh, you know, I, I noticed here in, in some of the stuff here, you started, you've been in this ministry since you were nine years old and uh, and you love what you do, and you live in uh, Farewell, Texas, and you come over to the orphanage once a month, and you work with your mother and with Anna on this, because Anna's full-time on the ground on this thing. So tell us a little bit about the history of this orphanage. My mom got saved when I was nine years old, and uh, she went bananas for the Lord. She just got saved, and she's a go-getter. So since then, she started, uh, I think it was like four or five different churches, plus a rehab center. And then we started uh, gathering kids from around. They were without home. And it was a huge need. It's a huge need still in Mexico. And she, I don't know how she quit her job and she went full time. So my mom has been a great example to me about uh, walking in faith. 
and she, when we first started, we didn't even have electricity. We didn't have uh, run. Well, we still don't have water, but we do have running water. We had outhouses, and it was it was completely crazy the way we started here at the orphanage. But the Lord has done everything, and I think my mother has been a great example of faith. Anna and I have a saying: every time we we completely run out of money, we don't have anything. We just look at each other and say, "God will provide." And this is the first time in 40 years that we have a budget. And, and, and it was because, you know, I went to see your next, uh, next level conference and it, it just like a light bulb came on and Anna and I got together, we have a budget and we want to uh, have a budget before we start, you know, the next year. Yeah, no, I, I love I love that you guys are getting organized and, you know, and it's and I know the challenges because, you know, Stacey and I got to witness your challenges being in Mexico, right? Because Mexico is not the most uh, it's not easy to do business in Mexico. Right. Anna, go ahead and share your experience. Um, it was I mean, I, I've spent summers here, vacations here my entire life. I mean, my first memory is here I, I remember like the first memory i can think of in my life is being tiny and having no electricity and falling out falling around my grandma at night while she's holding a candle little house on the prairie style and i'm like holding on to her like nightgown as we'd go and check on all the kids like that's my first memory that i have in life and so coming for vacations and stuff like this, you know, you get to experience the culture, but coming to live here full time and kind of taking over pretty much all of the areas from, so meeting with social workers, going to schools, we switched them schools, you know, we, um, universities, dealing with the water companies, electric companies, government. I mean, it was almost shell shocking, <laughs> like the first, like year of my life, I was like, what did I get myself into? Because it's anything here is like 30 times harder than anything in the US. Like people complain about the DMV and I'm like, come try to get your driver's license here. <laughs> it was a nightmare for me. Like my mom and I, I think we went like three times and each time they told us different paperwork. I mean, it's, it's crazy how difficult it is here. And anything government, I mean, it just takes so much longer but every time that we've had like something urgent like the lord has opened all of the doors where it's supernatural and we had a moment where we had something happen and they were like people were telling us so it's going to take three or four months for you guys to get this paperwork and we got it like we were so i'm so proactive and my mom's proactive about like we will not take no for an answer. So we drive to the offices and we sit there until somebody sees us, you know, yes. and then, but the Lord has given us grace <laughs> with, with these officials to kind of hear our passion and what we want to do and our vision. And it's kind of like caught on. So now things that would take three or four months have are done in eight days, you know? And so it's just been really cool to see God working through that and connections to come up because God is a God of networking. I don't care what anybody says, but he has so many divine appointments for each of us in whatever field you are in. Like God brings the right people at the right time. And it has been mind blowing to just wait on the Lord and just have him open doors and just be like, this is a person that you never thought you would be friends with. 
And now this person has connected you with this person and this person and this person who are now the people who are like helping you get water every two days, you know? So it's just been, it's been cool, shell shocking, chaotic at times, but uh, an adventure. It's never boring. <laughs> I understand that completely. I get excited just hearing you speak about this because I was there. I remember waiting on the, the water truck to come in, yeah. right? And, it, you know, because you got this big cistern, they got to fill up water and, uh, and somebody's got to pay them. Right. I mean, you know, and sometimes, you know, the donations don't come in or sometimes, you know, whatever happens, the economy is down or whatnot. And so you guys are just standing there in faith and somehow, some way, you know, somebody pulls off the credit card and gets it done. And I just admire that faith that you guys have. And Anna, I love your fire for this. I just want our listeners to hear that you have traveled the world serving in ministries in Iraq, Italy, Greece, Ireland, Oksat, Okat. Uh, Ohaka, I, I know I messed that up. And, and your grandmother, who started this orphanage uh, 40 years ago, you've been a part of this, like you said, since you were little. It's one of your first memories that you've been a part of. And the way, because you, you're a smart woman, you, you've done really well in your life. And for you to come in here and give your heart and soul to this, it's just amazing. And so now I know you've been full time for the last three years at the orphanage, yes? Yes. Um it's just been really interesting to see kind of like everything that in my, my twenties for sure were like preparation. And at times it didn't make sense, like different jobs that I had or different people that I met or different things that I learned like EMS and just different things like that, that at, after, at the time I was like, this feels like a waste of time. If that makes sense. Cause I was like, I just don't understand like why I knew I was going to eventually end up here. And so I was like, I don't know why I can't just go now, but it just never felt like the Lord's timing. And it was always like, I would try to come and then it just didn't work out. And then I would leave. And it just was like really frustrating. So I was like, I know that's where the Lord called me. Why can't I just go directly there? And it's just, it's interesting now that I, the Lord really revealed something to me when I was here, all of the things that I had done in my twenties and in my, in my teens or whatever, that it was all in preparation for now. Like now it all makes sense. Like I look back and I'm like, okay, now I needed that. Okay, cool. That, that was preparation. You know, my time working for churches, you know, administration, financial stuff, learning how to organize events, you know, just things like that, that at the time I was like, I don't feel like this is super necessary for working at an orphanage, but it is. <laughs> and it was almost like I had like an Esther totally. moment where it was like the Lord had prepared me for such a time as this. And so now it makes sense. And now, like, if I just want to encourage people, I just always encourage people in their 20s because I feel like 20s are such, like, a brutal time of, like, finding yourself and what God has called you to do. But, like, everything is going to make sense one day. Like, one day you're going to be like, okay, now I understand why I had to go through A, B, C, D to get to F. Yeah, and you're very wise. I know you're young, and you're wise beyond your years. And you and your mother have such a great – all three, you and your mother and your grandmother, you all have such an amazing relationship. Uh, I want to ask Sandra, uh, tell me about, tell me about the, the children that come to the orphanage. How do they get there, and how long do they generally stay? And what is it that – because I remember us being there. We, we were teaching them about Jesus, some other things too. But tell me how you all minister to these children, and how do they – how do they find the orphanage? How do they get to Bethel Orphanage? How, do, how does, does the government bring them by or parents? What happens? It, 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 
most of them the police bring them over and in my times you know this is i'm talking about 10 years ago uh the, the they were brought by the police usually uh probably like 80 percent because of some kind of abuse so, uh so very severe abuse you know we have kids have been tortured we have girls that have been uh kidnapped and, and recuperated by the government and they bring them here and hiding and trafficking we have uh, lots of uh I, we had a one-year-old, uh, one year and six months old little girl that was sold, you know, for drugs. Can you imagine that? I mean, her diaper was full of blood. Gross things that you see the worst of humanity. And then, you know, you have to forgive. You have to forgive the people that did this to these kids because you get to hold them. And you get to love them. And then you get to see them grow up. We have engineers, we have doctors, we have four or five pastors, and, uh, and, and you get to pay for, you know, for them, you know, your, your, my mother, you know, our lives completely submitted to, to, to his will. And, and, and not only that, but you get to teach them that they need to look for a better life, impossibilities, and more, most of all, they're, most of all, they're, they're Christians. And, 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 and that's the main thing. Well, and we have like kind of a system in place of when we get these kids, because most of the time when they get here, it's like in the middle of the night. Like, it's not like this whole like, oh, noon. No, it's like 12 o'clock at night. They're calling you, the social workers are calling you and are like, hey, we have to house these kids somewhere. It's an emergency situation. Just this week, we got a phone call that a little three-year-old was, taken from her parents for their parents were uh, trafficking drugs and uh, weapons. And so, you know, they get here and the first thing that we do is we feed them. A lot of these kids, we've had kids who've been starving before um, and we actually have to limit how much they eat because then if not, they'll get sick. So we have to start limiting how much they eat. We, we meet their physical needs first. We give them a new, a brand new blanket, brand new clothes for their first, for their first day. And I tell them, I'm like, this is yours. Like, if you leave here, whatever, this is yours, you take it with you. This is not, or this is not Bethel Orphanage is blanket. This is now, you know, Lupita's blanket. And so then we give them a bed and we're like, this is now yours, you know, and we give them a new toy and new clothes and we give them a shower and we meet their physical needs first for them to feel safe. And then that's when we, once they feel safe with us, that's when we get to say, hey, all of this is because of Jesus. Like, this is not Anna, Sandra, Josefina. Like, this is Jesus that has brought you to us. And it, we are blessed to have you. Like, it is not a burden. It is not hard work. It is a blessing to be able to serve you. And then we start teaching them about character. We start to say, hey, you know what? What has happened to you is unimaginable. But you can't stay a victim forever. Like, you are not a victim. You are an overcomer. Because we don't want these kids to grow up with, like, this victim mentality that the world owes me because of this. This is what happened to me. We want them to grow up with the mentality that, like, I've already overcome most things. Like, people can't even imagine. Like, there's nothing I can't do now. And so we start to give them a love of education, of going to school, of reading. And then we start to develop their talents and say, hey, like, what is it that you love? Like, not everyone's going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Like, we have artists. We have kids who have a passion for, for art. We have kids who have a passion for building things. We have kids who have a passion for mechanics. And so we start 
figuring out what they love and feeding into that because the Lord has put that in their hearts. He's put that talent in them. And each of these kids is so special to him and to us that we want them to blossom. And kind of like what my mom was saying about forgiveness. Like one time I was so angry at this parent that uh, there was a little girl. And sometimes the parents Mm. themselves bring them because they, they truly just don't want their kids. And so the mom, this one particular mom comes to visit once every six months, if that, I mean, she doesn't call nothing. And she had come unexpectedly and she, the little girl was there. She told the little girl, well, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the store and bring you back something. So just wait here for me. And so the little girl sat there waiting and the first hour goes by, two hours goes by, three hours goes by. It's bedtime and she's still there waiting and the mom never came back. And the little girl is just crying. And she's like, why doesn't my mom love me? And it's just infuriating to you because you're like, you're missing out. Like they're missing out on these incredible little people. And these kids, they don't understand. And so I was praying to the Lord and I was like so angry and I was angrily praying. And he was like, I love, I love this little girl's mom just as much as I love the little girl. And he gave me this revelation of like, what if revival broke out from a tiny little orphanage in in or in quadrants and her and all of these kids parents that are the drug addicts the rapists the child molesters the drug dealers what if they all came to know jesus from the orphanage from the very kids they abused like what a testimony of the lord and so that's our goal here it's for revival to break I out love that. Starting with these orphans we have so many kids that we pray at noon, you know, and when they, they eat their, their lunch, we usually pray. We pray for the ones that hurt them. Lord, for, you know, you pray for your mom. You pray for this. It's because of forgiveness is such a key, you know, to open up heaven. And we have to learn to forgive people. Amen. We see them and you want to ask them, hey, how can you, you know, and you want to judge. But the Lord is the one that is, we Put that, let it go. And we just love in our kids. That's our ministry. We are like this place where, where, you know, like the good Samaritan, you know, took, you know, the, the guy that was hurt. Well, we take orphans here and the church is youth. And we, we can't, you can't take 10 orphans to your house, but we are here. We'll do it for you. You just, you know, you just pray for us. So help good. you know help us and and you've done that That's michael so good. you've done that personally in my life so thank you well it's a you you all just i'm sitting here holding back tears and welling up because i love hearing your hearts in this you guys are just um you are the hands and feet of jesus and you are loving the least of these yeah because these these poor children yeah. and and what what i love what you said anna is that you you give them a bath you 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 get, give them something to eat a little bit so they don't get sick and you give them a blanket that they get to hold and they get to keep that and it's something that they get to have and it just makes me want to cry thinking about that and then then after they get rested and get comfortable and feel safe then you let them know this is from Jesus and i love the fact that that happens because i think that's a good way without having to push everything on them the first thing they need is food clothing and shelter and love yeah and they need that immediately. So um, I'm going to be crying through this whole thing because <laughs> I, I love hearing y'all's heart in this and just opens my heart uh, to hear about this. Let me ask you, uh, how many 
children at any one time are at orphanage and and how big is the orphanage if you could give it i and i know uh we you've got a website we just got a website up yes lord thank you jesus uh and i want to talk about that but how many children can you hold at any one time and how big is the orphanage itself i can't remember i know it's you guys have a chapel and you have a little gym i think it is and and uh you've got a dining room and so tell people about the physical condition of the orphanage So this building has been here um, for about 30 years. And so, I mean, it's funny because I tell my mom, I'm like, I feel like everything, like it's just like maintaining a house, you know, your house just, things fall apart. Things are always needing to get replaced. Um, But this year, I think probably it's going to be a year in November. Like my mom and I both felt really called by the Lord to really like kind of reorganize life here at the orphanage and I am so adamant about like routine and the kids having a schedule and school and and learning the discipline now and so we kind of decided to scale back at one time like last year we had about 120 kids and then we just felt by the Lord to kind of um scale back a little bit uh as families decided you know to um take the kids or get custody back and we helped with parent trainings so that parents could get back their kids. And the ones that stayed here are like the core kids that don't have anybody, that don't have family members. I mean, we've been quarantined because of Corona since March and there has been one mom out of, we have about 65 kids right now, one that is called to ask after her children. The rest, I mean, they just don't care and it's fine. But these are the core children. These are the ones that have no one. These are the ones that, don't, you know, have never celebrated birthdays before coming here. And our vision has been to create a home. And so we've scaled back on numbers to really be intentional with the kids that we have and to really build the foundation. And so um, what we've been doing too is we've just been kind of like celebrating like a home. It's been turned into, it doesn't really feel like an orphanage anymore. It feels like a home. Like, and you move among the kids and I move yes. among the girls. So, so we're living in the midst of the girls. So there's, the so there's boys dorm, girls dorm. There was a girls living room and a boys living room, but we've now kind of just used a main living room. Um, we have like a school area. I mean, we have a huge, I call it the compound. I mean, it's like a, it's a large area, um, but we're just focusing on our little projects at a time. Like right now we have the funds to redo two of the bathrooms. And so that's what we're focusing on. And so eventually there's future projects. Like I would love for the living rooms to feel like living rooms and have like couches and hangout areas for the kids. And the kids, the boys' dorms are falling apart. And so like things like that, that we have a vision for to create a home rather than this sterile orphanage, that's kind of what we're going for. Um, And really like it's, I learned this this year and it was very like astonishing to me, like, it shook me as, as the millennials say, I was shook. Uh, this kid turned 18, one of the kids that turned 18. And um, he's one of the children. A lot of the children call me mom and they, they call her grandma. It's really, it's really funny. Um, but it's they, one of the kids that calls me mom turned 18. And the social workers came to bring him his paperwork. And, and they asked me, like right in front of them, um, so are you going to let him live here or are you going to turn him out? And I, I mean, it just wasn't even a question. I was like, obviously he's going to live here. He's finishing his last year of high school. He's going to go to university. Like all this stuff. And they were, they were like shocked that I was going to let this kid live here. And they told me like all the other orphanages here in Juarez, once they turn 18, 
they give the kids a backpack and they send them through the door. It does not matter that they're still in school. It does not matter that they have nowhere to go. That is like, well, that's what they do. And, wow. it, and I'm like, it, it's unthinkable to that to me. That's amazing. And so I really felt like the Lord telling me like, you have to, yeah, no, you have to establish in the kids' hearts the safety of home. And so I've like this year, we've really been like, this is your home. Like this isn't an orphanage. Like whether you're four years old, 18 years old or 50 years old like this is will always be your home like this is where you will always find safety always find love always have like a landing spot if life gets tough and so that's so good it's been really cool to see the kids believe that too and and i when i remember when stacy when i remember when stacy and i was there too they would they go to school every day yes i mean they have uniforms and and you guys you know i think they yeah i can't remember if you drive them or have a bus or something but they go to school every day right yes and we've been doing virtual school which has been it was like the first i think the first like three weeks of virtual school i cried every day (laughs) i was like i can't do this (laughs) but um now we've gotten into a rhythm but it's been really, really cool. Like back to like the door, God opening doors is that we switched them all schools last year. I just felt like the Lord was like switch them out of where they're at and to this new school that's a Christian school, but it's private and it's like all the way across town. So to get there every day, it's a 45 minute drive. Wow. But it's been so worth it because these teachers love our kids and they are like pour into them and they pray before classes and the kids are getting spiritually fed as well. And that's like invaluable to us. And they love to learn. Like they had, they didn't go to school on Monday. It was, it's like a holiday here in Mexico and they were bummed out. I was like, this has never happened before where they wake up and they're disappointed. They're not going to school. And so that's it really cool to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're gaining knowledge and they want to be, because they, what I love that your orphanage does is it, it, what you said is it gives them safety. They need a routine. They know they get fed, they get loved. They get to hear about Jesus. And that's more than they've ever had before in the chaotic background that they come from. And the three of you all have made that possible. And, and so, uh, I love that. All right, so t- tell me this, if you if you can. I know you guys have got you know you you're on limited funds. I know you've been supported some of the churches out in New Mexico that's helped you a little bit, and I know that we've been working with you and and uh, and Stacy. We've been waiting for you guys to get online. So if somebody wants to give, because I know you've got projects, right? You've got uh, needs and you've got budgets. I know when Stacy and I were there, we went to Costco's and we, you know because you sometimes you guys are living week to week. Yeah. You know, I've seen that. And I want my goal yeah. for you and my heart for you guys is to get this budget and to get this thing flowing to where you can have enough cushion to where, you know, you're not living week to week, that you have an annual budget and that you guys can get this done. And one of the things, Sandra, that I know that you do is you come over here in Texas and around the United States and you go out and you, you preach at different churches, right? Yes. Yes. I, I, I usually good People always ask me to speak about the orphanage, and I'm glad, gladly do it. I enjoy just, you know, I don't even think about what I'm going to say. I get there, and whatever the Holy Spirit tells me, we'll just talk about it. And uh, if people are so generous, I have to say that about our country. We have a great country, and people are generous. Our church is so generous. And the Lord has been so good to us. Yes. Amen. Well, and honestly, like, I always hate when I see like 
you know, people are like, oh, they're just asking for money. But the thing is, is like, they're, what we've done with our budget is like, we have like the receipts of like electricity and water and, um, you know, food and just different things budgeted out. And um, cause none of us get paid. Like I don't get paid. My mom doesn't get paid. Like we have, we have a small budget for our staff, but even it's, it's laughable how much they get paid. Um, but the, the thing is, is like, if we had really support and it doesn't have to be, oh, we're going to give you guys money, but Hey, we will, we will commit to paying the electric bill for a year. Like that would take such a weight off of our shoulders that we could totally pour into more into these kids. And I think that's, really our goal is it's not just like oh we just wanted everything taken care of no no we are called to love on these kids and so if people partner with us and are part of this vision like I don't want people just to give to like they feel guilty about an orphanage not having running water no no I want these people to be like no I'm changing the lives and changing the course of history with the lives of these 65 kids because out of there is going to be a future president out of there is going to be you know maybe the person that that um, cures cancer, that finds the cure for Alzheimer's. I mean, these are kids that I'm telling you, I feel it in my gut of guts, they're going to change the world. Amen. And so catch the vision. That's what I tell people. I'm like, if you have to come here and see for yourself, come here. If you have to FaceTime us every day so you can see yes. our routine, totally. do it. But catch the vision. And I swear there's no, you, you can't be a part of it once you see these kids and get to know them. Like there's no way you don't want, you won't want to be a part of this. I love that. And that, that, well, you, listen, you got me, you, you got me and Stacy. I know that. <laughs> we, we, we did, even though it was like, I think it was 120 degrees in the shade when we were there, but we, we still had it. We loved it. And, and we loved those kids. And I know, I remember we had this one lady that we kind of stayed in touch with and sent some money to, and it was just wonderful. Hey, all right, let me ask you this. Cause what you said, Anna is so profound about your electric bill if you had the money to pay it for a year. So just give me a rough idea. What would your electric bill be for a year? Um, so it'd be, so our electric bill runs from 1000 to $1,200 um, a month. And so it would be between like 12,000 or, uh, yeah. would it be? $12,000, yeah, $12, $15,000 a month. 15, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that gives, that gives so our that listeners. Would cover electric. Yeah. That, that gives our listeners right. an idea. So $12,000 to $15,000 would cover your electricity for a year, maybe $16,000, yes? Right. And then education is another huge expense because, um, like I said, it's private school, mm -hmm. and it's totally worth it for us, um, for the kids to go to the school. Um, and it's, it's about $20 a month per kid. And that's what we, that's what we pay. And, you know, somebody's like, that is nothing, but you know, you have 65 kids that amounts to quite a bit. And, no, you know, it you adds have up. High school. Right. And, and then, yeah. And then not only that, but the Lord has really called us to help our community. And so we have a lot of neighborhood kids whose families, they don't even have like internet that we pay for their school and we give them like tablets and we let them be, you know, so that they don't lose out on the opportunities that are just not afforded to somebody in this neighborhood and thankfully, God has always provided for us. And when we receive, we give. So when you're not, when you're sowing into this orphanage, it's not only helping us, like you're helping a community, like you're helping this whole area that is so poor. I mean, cardboard houses, we have the orphanage that is a huge building. And then the rest around us are houses made out of cardboard, houses made out of, um, I mean, just horrendous materials. And the people 
don't have running water and we give them food every week. We do these small boxes of food for them. Um, I mean, we just like to, to give because we know that the Lord has blessed us to bless other people. And so it's just this cycle of just, you're really changing the lives of the community. Absolutely. I think you guys are a pillar there and I love that. And I remember when we are there, everybody knows you guys and you guys are just, you know, you, you know, that you guys are holding a lot of that together uh, with nothing and which is amazing and God does provide, but I know it's also been a struggle. And so, you know, uh, so I think, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting is, is how you guys get by and you guys do this, you feed these kids too and feeding, you know, 65 to hundred kids a day that, that gets expensive as well. So you don't receive any money from the federal governments, right? No, no, they, uh, <laughs> they give us like 10 boxes of these like tiny little like two cans of corn each and like I mean it's just it's actually like I told my mom the other day it's like almost insulting for the government to be like this is what we're giving you to keep these kids and instead like they come and ask us for stuff yes and they cut the social workers come and they're like hey I have a situation with this kid that doesn't have a computer do you guys have an extra computer that you could donate to the and you know we love to do that but the government is zero help like it's we have problems all the time, even with the water. So we have water trucked in. We don't have like running water from the faucet. So when the water runs out, it runs out. And it's so corrupt. I just, the government is so corrupt here. It's, you know, we have all of these problems with the water where they like write that they brought us water and then they didn't bring us water. So we're without water for like three days, you know? And so all of these things happen that is so frustrating that if, you know, we had like paid water, instead of relying on the government, that it would just be so helpful. I told my mom all the time, I'm like, I feel like I'm getting gray hairs. And I spend so much time on the phone with the government officials that it's like, I could be doing something so much better with it. my time than trying to like find funds. Amen. Well, here's, here's what I want to do is I want you to, I, I know you guys just got this orphanage uh, or this Bethel Orphanage Hope uh, website up. Tell our listeners where they can go to your web uh, to your website and find you because it's got y'all's picture on here. You and your mother and and you guys are just you know like I said muy bonita and uh, you guys look great and it's got stories here some of the pictures of the kids and it's got about us and how to give on PayPal. So tell our listeners how do they find your website and uh, so they can donate. Cause I know there's some people here that have a heart for children, have a heart for Mexico, have a heart for these kids getting out of trafficking or being abused, sexually abused, violently abused, drug abused. And you guys are, you guys are just the hands and feet here of Jesus. So tell us how we get a hold of these guys. How, how do they go to your website? Um, so the website, so we have a couple of different um, venues to get through there. The first one is um, even finding us on Facebook. Um, or Instagram. So uh, it's, it's Bethel Hope. And um, here I have the website right here. So it's Bethel, the, the email is BethelHopeOrphanage at gmail.com if people have more um, questions for that. And then um, our website is the Bethel Hope Orphanage. And you can get on there and um, see our pictures and see all of that. But if you follow us on social media, I think it gives you more of a day-to-day. -day. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And it gives you more of a day-to-day -day of our life. Tell, tell, us how, tell us the handles on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, it is. Um, well, 
It's Bethel Hope. And right now, um, Bethel Hope Orphanage. Yes. And so I, that's how you can kind of find us. Okay. I'm on there as well, like on my personal page. And so people, I don't, I don't ever mind if people follow me or my mom, because we share stories on there as well. Um, and you just kind of get a day-to-day picture of what what happens here. You get a picture of the kids and um, the chaos slash awesomeness <laughs> that happens here. And um, just kind of just cool stories about how the Lord provides and how he's so faithful. I mean, I mean, just this week, we ran out of milk. And, you know, we drink milk uh, for this. Is, that's the staple for dinners here because we feed them breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. I mean, if you just think about like in a regular home, how much teenagers consume, like just multiply that by the 23 teenagers that we have. And so, I mean, it's just like, I'm, I'm like, how can they keep eating? Like, when are they ever not going to be hungry? And so we ran out of milk <laughs> and I was, I was like, you know what, Lord, you're just going to have to provide because I don't have time to find somebody to bring milk. We're all in quarantine. Nobody is coming across the border. Border, the border lines are chaos right now. And it was like, I just left it to the Lord. And the next morning, I kid you not, this lady pulls up that I see every once in a while. And she said, hey, I just really felt like the Lord told me to bring you um, a donation. And so I'm like, oh, thank you so much. You know, we have our masks on, social distancing, you know, whatever. And she opens the trunk of her car and it is 20 cases of milk. And I'm like, how did you know? And she's like, the Lord, the Lord just told me. She's like, actually, I was going to go get you guys some other stuff, but I got to the store and the Lord just said milk. And so I was like, I just, I really just, he's so faithful. And these things just surprise us. And people, you know, they want to be a part of this and they want to help and they want to be a part of the decision, but they don't know how. And so really getting like the Bethel Hope Orphanage website um, has really helped because then people have like a tangible way to give. And what we're working on right now is doing like a monthly like wish list, I guess you would call it our needs list of like, Hey, this is what's happened. This is what we need this month. You know, winter is coming. Uh, we're, we're, I, we have no socks. We have limited underwear for the kids, you know, things like that, that it's this month. That's what our biggest need is where next month it may be shampoo. It may be, you know, feminine hygiene products, just different things that every month it's just different. And if people want to be a part of that and get to know, um, how to do that. And you don't even have to give money. If you want to give gift cards, if you want to send it yourself from Amazon, we have a PO box in El Paso that people can send directly that I have people who send me donations through there and just things like that. But there's so many different um, venues to give. Cause I know some people aren't comfortable just giving cash. They're more comfortable buying it themselves and they're more comfortable, you know, doing things like that. That's great. Absolutely. But I want to, I want our listeners to know that, Hey, cash goes with everything. Yeah. Right. Yes, we have, we have so many, I, I mean, there's just things that like the electric bill, you can only pay it in person with cash. And then right. it's just, I told my mom, I was like, it's so mind blowing to me because U.S., we're credit, we're like a credit card, debit card country. Right. There's nothing you can't pay through the internet anymore. And here it's the total opposite. It's like, no, they don't take debit cards. Nope, they don't take credit cards. All cash. Understood. So, Anna, let me ask you this. That's a great point. So, if they go to your website you're, and, and they go on PayPal and they donate money for PayPal, you convert that into cash at your bank there in Mexico, yes? 
A hundred percent of this, like a hundred percent of what you give goes to us. Okay. Like there right. is and no so, all right, that's like good. fee here, fee there. Yes. A hundred percent goes to these kids. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, I know these women. Okay. I've been out there. I've been in church. I've been worshiped with them. I've worked with them. These, these are legit. So I'm looking on here. It says Bethel Hope Orphanage and then dot wixsite.com. Yep. That's okay. it. Okay. Bethel B-E-T-H-E-L, Hope, H-O-P-E, Orphanage. Everybody knows how to spell orphanage, dot, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com. Go to this website, ladies and gentlemen. And if nothing else, listen, if you, if you can't donate money, I get it. Just pray for them. And look at these kids. They, 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 you know, they need help. They need money. They need resources. Let me ask you this, Sandra, if somebody wants to come and visit, let's say their church wants to come and visit, or maybe uh, just a family wants to come out and visit and spend a couple of days there with those kids and loving on those kids, how do they go about to do that? We, we, I love to do that. I love to bring kids here and uh, families and, and young people that have a heart for the ministry or for missionary or they thinking of, you know, serving. This is a great place to do. One of my dreams actually is for this place to be a trampoline to send people missionaries, to send people to preach. You know, we're only 15 miles from the border of El Paso. So we're so close that, that we would like for, if you want to come, you know, and serve. And as soon as this COVID thing gets over, you know, we, we have an, you know, we have the apartments upstairs where they can stay. And it's, it's, it would be a great help for us. That's awesome. And we're so family friendly. I just want to really, really tell people that because I think sometimes people are nervous about traveling with, with kids or, or teenagers or whatever. And we are so, like, the orphanage is so safe. Like we have this like, massive wall around the orphanage. We have like a person that is like at the door, like people aren't just coming and going. Like, yes, we're in like a really like impoverished area, but we're like so safe. Um, and we're so kid friendly. Like we have areas that, you know, you can cook with your family at night if you have dietary restrictions um, where your kids can take naps if they're at that age. Um, it's just, we just want people to come and be a part of this because truly like, yes, we need resources and all that, but we also need people to come and love on these kids and, and just show them that there are people out there that maybe don't even know them, but that love them and care for them. And the kids go nuts. Like just, <laughs> if you come to visit, just be prepared to be bombarded with like hand, hand holding, kisses, needing attention, wanting to be near you, sitting at your feet. I mean, it is just, it's so cool to see a family come and serve together because kids get another perspective and they get a love for, for a different culture, for missions. And truly, they get to see how good they have it. I mean, to be really honest, yes. they get to see, you know, kids in need and get to serve. And I mean, it changes children's lives and teenagers' lives. Totally. Like, I know families that their kids go back and then they're like wanting every Christmas instead of, instead of gifts their whole family decides to send kids gifts to the kids at the orphanage. You know, it's just really cool to see a heart grow from like just a two day visit. And we go pick people up at the airports. And I love we go that. take them back. Or if you know, if you're not comfortable staying here, we pick you up from your hotel. I mean, just there's so many options to just come. And I just, I tell people, I'm like, come see for yourself. Like if you really have a heart for missions or have a heart for orphanages, come be a part of this. Like, come see for yourself. And then you'll get to see like what our real needs are. It's so true. And, we and love people coming. Yeah. So it's, I, it's awesome. 
Yes, and I and and it was easy. In fact, I remember Anna that you were driving us uh, across the border, and I think we went by we went to some secret double secret passageway in the border <laughs> that you have a special access to, which was really cool. Kind of the back door into Mexico, uh, which was really nice, and uh, yeah, it was easy. It was really easy, and uh, I remember and uh, and going into that. And it, there are huge walls all the way around the orphanage, so you are safe in there, and you know. Uh, heck, there, and I, I re also remember from Upper Room, we brought the worship team and Oscar and all those guys, and and uh, yeah. they sang there, and the kids loved it. We had such a big time, and uh, so yeah, if there's if there's a worship team out there that wants to go out and visit, you know, I know those kids love to hear live worship yeah. music, you know, uh, especially the famous Upper Room group was <laughs> was awesome. I think Alyssa was there at the time, and Oscar, and uh, a whole bunch of the other ones. I uh, can't remember all of them, but all the Gamboa brothers were there, and so. Uh, it was a special, special time, and it was such a wonderful time for Stacy and I. And again, we fell in love with all those children. And uh, and you got little bitty ones. You got the little kids all the way up to you know young, you know teenagers, you know sixteen, seventeen year olds, you know, which was really cool. And so uh, you know, because I know we had people with us that were like, I just want to hold babies. That's all I want to do is just hold babies, you know. And so <laughs> you know, which is cool. And then other people was like, I just want to, you know, I want to play baseball, I want to play catch with, you know, a 10 year old, you know, the 15 year olds or whatever, or, you know, speak life into them, pour old life over them. And it's just what you guys have there and what you all do without any government support, without any, anything, it's just amazing. And I love the way the lady brought the milk and God told her to bring the milk. And that's got to be such an encouragement for you when, when something like that happens, it lets God, yeah. lets you know that God knows you're there and God's working with you and you're doing his work. And so I just want to give an opportunity to our listeners out there. If you, if you have a heart for these orphanages, even, even, you know, I know that, you know, I, you know, everybody ties differently and that's great. But if you have, if you maybe take one week of tithing and, and send it out here to the Bethel hope orphanage dot Wix it W I X site S I T E.com or go to the uh, uh, Facebook page, which is hope, uh, which is Bethel hope. Is that right, Anna? Yep. Okay. Ellen? Yep, and and also on there. I mean, we just show all of our stories and all there on there. Okay. All right. Very cool. So, ladies, you guys are amazing, and uh, we'll we'll also put in the uh, show notes uh, all the places to get a hold of you guys and uh, to get this out there, and just go check out the website. You guys are amazing, Sandra. I, I, I just, I'm so proud of you. I know that after you did the next level experience, we started coaching together and, and working with you and you've come a long way. Yes. And uh, I love your faith. I love yeah. your perseverance. And Anna, the way you are given to this orphanage, 100%, 100% of the time is just incredible. You're a young, beautiful, smart, talented young lady and out there pouring your heart out and being the hands and feet of Jesus in Mexico. It's truly encouraging. So thank you, ladies. You want to say anything else to the listeners out there? I I just want to be thankful to you all, to your family, and I'm I'm serious. I really, really every time you 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 speak to me, you speak life, and I love that about you. And I I just want to encourage everybody to go to the next level. I <laughs> I loved it. It woke me up. I came into end of that. And I, I, it just like every time you tell me something, you push me to the edge, you push me to believe, and we can do the impossible. And we're the voice of the kids that don't have any voice. So that I really, really love that. So I encourage everybody to go to the next level.
Thank you. Thank experience. you. Anna, give us some words on the she way She really out. did. I, I do have to say, she really did change. When she came back, she was um, just, she, she just feels different. And so I've been really proud of her. I'm proud that she's here. You know, sometimes I think it's, it's, you know, I'm here every day, but it's like she, there's stuff that I call her and I'm like, hey, I need this or hey, this is happening. I don't know what to do. And not only is she like this crazy prayer warrior that like every morning is in like her prayer room for like two hours, which is like, crazy. I'm like, I don't know what I would do with that. But like two hours every day praying. And she's like, everything that she does is so thoughtful and so like, just intentional. And I've been so proud of her to just see her bloom into this like powerhouse of a woman. And it honestly, it was like the seeds that you sowed into her that have given her the confidence to really like bloom. And it was shocking to me to see her and and, like just the way that she speaks. And so I just want to encourage people to like, if you're, if you're debating on whether or not to do this, do it. Like I, I had similar training when I was at the upper room and I sobbed through about 95% of it, but it was so wonderful and life-changing. And I just want to say that there's something that was broken off of me too. That was like, I felt vulnerable and opened and powerful. And you walk out of there stronger than you've ever been before. And so those are the things that help you in ministry, especially. And it's really been like, sometimes we talk about things and things that we discuss there and we're like, wow, like that's helped us now. And so I just it's awesome. Do it. Don't think about it. Just do it and commit to it. We love you. We love you guys too. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, we'll be praying for you ladies. Listeners, bless these ladies. Bless this Bethel Orphanage for the kids, man. They need it. They really do. Come on. And so uh, God bless you. And thank you so much for being on the Next Level Podcast. You ladies are totally next level. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other platforms where great podcasts are found. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the Next Level Podcast. For more information or additional resources, please visit themichaelmcintyre.com.